Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Wednesday night, February 2nd, 2022. You know what that means. It's another night to cap it off here live on Wrestling Inc. on their YouTube, on their Twitch. Or if you're not staying up doing the live thing, you can always catch the audio-only version after the fact. And, hey, sometimes TV is uh, meant to be radio. That may be the situation here tonight. I am Justin Labar. I don't have my Los Angeles partner in crime, Alfred Cunnell, with us. He's off tonight. But a more than uh, sturdy substitution in place here. He's my friend from the north across the border up in Toronto. He is former sports entertainment referee with WWE for over 20 years. A lot of knowledge, a lot of stories, a lot of respect around this man. He is the one and the only Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy, thanks for uh, jumping in tonight, and I think we're, we're going to do it again sometime next week, which is great. Yeah, that's awesome. Anytime, my friend. It's great catching up with you. It's great chatting with you about everything, and, uh, you know, uh, obviously, uh, we have so many things going on outside of wrestling right now with regards to the pandemic, with regards to the weather, which is not, yeah. not pleasant right now, especially up here in, in good old north of the border, Canada. And uh, congrats to your team there getting finally a name attached yeah. to it other than the Washington football team. <laughs> yes, yes. My uh, I, I was up this morning to see the reveal. I thought it might be commanders and so it is. And uh I've been at people been asking all day, like, what do you think? I'm not going to like cast any like one judgment because I feel like it's something so new. I just got to kind of let it sit, get used to it. I, I kind of uh, put it akin to, I think, O2, and you would have been there when WWF went to WWE. We all thought the world was falling. How could it's been WWF for 50 years? And that's, right. and, and look, now we're 20 years uh, in as WWE. And even when you listen to nostalgic podcasts, you know, Bruce Pritchards or anybody, you know, they can refer to the eighties and nineties as, Oh, that WWE championship match. You just, you come to grow it. So that's, that's yeah. kind of where I'm at. It's still the same color. It's still, I know it's the franchise that I've rooted for, for better or for worse my whole life. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to jump on, on, on any social media platform and bash it right now. I just, can't. you know, and neither am I as someone who is an Oilers slash Titans fan. Uh, I, I feel you, my friend, because when they first moved from Houston to Tennessee, they were the Tennessee Oilers and they just didn't, fit yeah you know what i mean and and people are probably wondering how does it how did you Kansas? wind up a houston oilers fan you know what i always loved the nfl i'm a big football fan from back in the day and of course toronto being so close to buffalo we used to get a lot of the buffalo bills games and then uh, on television so i started watching and and this team showed up with dan pastorini and earl campbell and billy white shoes johnson i said i kind of like these guys and then i just started following them and then i just be, uh, you know what i'm a houston Oilers guy from there Okay. You know, back it till then. And then, of course, Warren Moon ended up becoming quarterback of the Oilers back in the day, coming right. from the Canadian Football League. And then, of course, that just cemented everything. <laughs> OK, because I was wondering, because it's not it's not it's not unusual to find somebody, you know, somebody like you who traveled the, you know, especially North America for, oh. for over 20 years. It's not unusual to find guys and girls in the in the business of pro wrestling that travel so much that find an attachment to a particular team that's not where they're living, you know, for whatever reasons. I didn't know if you had a Houston right connection or story or what it was that that's kind of cool to 
to hear how that bridge is uh bridge is in there yeah uh jimmy and i here with you tonight again big thanks to everybody for to tuning in live uh, we of course love the chat room this chat room jimmy it's fun this uh, the link comes out a couple hours uh earlier in the evening for right. this this live video podcast so people are in the chat room for hours uh oh. leading up to this and they just kind of have a watch along party and are watching in this case dynamite chatting waiting for us to come on the air so it's a really fun a situation of course if you want to uh, ensure that you get your comment up on, on the screen in the conversation uh hit that super chat raj geary's wallet appreciates it uh if you have <laughs> any uh any questions for jimmy i mean this is a yeah a great a great night i mean jimmy's got i, I love jimmy's stories again i always got to plug his book he's got a wonderful book um if you haven't checked that out called three count uh but hello to everybody i see bernie in dc i see michael the virus i see uh i see mike from caver county everybody in there what's up good to, good to, good to have you joining us uh, yes, Commanders, Jimmy Corderas, Dynamite, Shane McMahon. Yeah. I, I don't even know where to start. So we've already got – we did the football talk, though. I think we'll yeah. table the football talk. Uh, let's get into what is the uh, top news story of the day. And maybe, Jimmy, when all is said and done, and depending on how things play out, this might be one of the biggest stories of the year, of the decade, of the century. It's hard to say, but let's go with what we know now. Now, I'm going to try to piece the entire story together. Um, okay. These are all reports coming from Ringside News, then followed up with uh, Andrew Zarian from the Matt Men Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Ross Sapp and Fightful has had a hand in trying to verify what they can. So want to give everybody their due. I don't want to not acknowledge them, but it's just going to be easy to throw all them yeah. out there and then just give you the story. Yeah. So Shane McMahon, of course, makes his return, Jimmy, at the Royal Rumble. He mm-hmm. is uh, arguably, other than Bad Bunny, he's the only – of the two surprises, um, you know, that we really get not advertised. We did not get mm-hmm. that big, holy crap moment. You know, uh, that, that's, that's kind of been a big, a, right. a big knock on this year's rumble. We get Shane out. Uh, he's in the rumble, obviously, you know, does this Shane O'Mac stuff, but you know, does not win. And it's, you know, we're told that after that happens, okay, we're going to see Shane around, you know, for WrestleMania season, very mm-hmm. believable. Been there, done that. Okay. Then we don't see him on Monday night raw. Right. No mention of him even. And then now, uh, yesterday and then into today, Wednesday, there starts to be a first report from Ringside News that Shane McMahon has been, in quote, quietly let go. Hmm. That supposedly uh, just things weren't jiving. Maybe there was heat on him that he ha- had a helping hand in producing the rumble. And there was a lot of last minute changes, as there will be. And that the rightly or wrongly heat was falling on him for hmm. the changes and, and for the overall of the rumble. So that's all going on, and that Vince, you know, just kind of wanted to has him just kind of just okay, change of plans, and then to kind of furthermore give some more context. So as I mentioned, Bad Bunny was another surprise, and there is um, Wrestle Votes, a very uh, you know, credible Twitter account, it would seem by the track record as well as Matt Men's Andrews Arian note that Bad Bunny was a point of where some of this heat to Shane stemmed as. Uh, how bad bunny was booked and maybe how strong he looked and how much you know the prime spot that he came in in the late 20s so there is so much to unpack here jimmy uh, we can kind of go piece by piece mm-hmm. i guess let's 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 kind of work backwards let's start in the immediate here your reaction to hearing or reading a headline mm-hmm. shane mcmahon quietly let go from wwe uh very surprising to me as someone who knows shane i i know his passion for this industry it it, it is there trust me despite the fact that he you know has other ventures uh, you know shane loves pro wrestling and he doesn't do anything for lack of a better term half-assed he goes in full both feet you know guns a blazing he's you know he's gung-ho no one has as much energy <laughs> raw energy as Shane McMahon does and hearing some of the stories coming out about him being 
Um, one of them, I, I, I read that he was kind of trying to book himself strong yes, to, to yeah. make himself look good and stuff yes. like that. Uh, very on Shane, like from, from my dealings with him and from what I remember from Shane. Now, obviously I wasn't there, so I didn't see it. And I'm only going by, you know, reports, but it, I think a lot of it has to do with how people might've interpreted some of Shane's stuff the wrong way. Cause if you, anybody who knows Shane knows that Shane's got a lot of energy, a lot of stuff, and he wants to get things done. Maybe people misinterpreted him. I don't know. I, I, I yeah. wish I had a better understanding. Like I, I would love to talk to someone like a Kyoto who wasn't there as well. Cause him and Kyoto were, were, were mm -hmm. tight, you know, and kind of get a feel like was, but like I said, very, the stories I'm hearing are very uncharacteristic of the Shane McMahon that I know. So that's great insight from you who know, who knows Shane. I can only ever speak to one experience, but the one experience I had with him definitely lines up with your, um, your explanation of his passion. I got to spend you know a few hours with him and a group of people after a TV uh, some years ago. And, and, and just the stories that he had to tell, but not just, I mean, of course he has stories, Shane McMahon, of course he's going to have stories growing up in the business, but the passion in which he told them, the details he remembered, the fondness he had of certain people and aspects of the story, it did resonate of like, okay, the McMahons are, they are the, they are the, the, the empire. And it's cool to hear, it's cool to be sitting across the, the table from this guy sipping wine who, right, who's, who's met everybody, who's seen everything, has been along for this incredible ride in his 40 plus years, or maybe 50 years now on this earth. And that he has just such um, passion that came across. So that's cool that you mentioned that because kind of my thought when I, the first report was just, um, there's heat against Shane McMahon for how he, he he participated in the behind the scenes of the Rumble. That was the first report from Ringside News. And Raj and I talked a little bit about this on Monday night after Raw. And I had said, you know, I'm going to take this report with a grain of salt or at least the interpretation of this report and whoever they got it from. Because you're talking about Rumble. You're talking about 30 people and you're talking about people that didn't make the cut, that didn't, that are there as as, as alt alternates or extras if needed. If something happens, somebody misses a flight, gets hurt, and don't make it in the Rumble and they are sitting in catering. So, are they a source? Are they giving it from their perspective? Or, you know, is it one person who was supposed to have a, a bigger shine, a moment in the rumble and Shane made a call, a creative call to change it. And that person, you know, like it's so hard rumble, especially it's, we're not talking about one match with two or four participants. We're talking about the biggest match WWE does. So mm -hmm. I took it with a huge grain of salt of the entire locker rooms against Shane. But then there's obviously some, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. There is so, there is something here to it. The fact that Shane was not even mentioned, not even acknowledged on Monday Night Raw, again, when he's one of the main surprises they had. And mm -hmm. if he's going to be booked on Elimination Chamber, booked on a mania, you think they're immediately going to at least at least show a recap package to get you hyped that he's returning mm -hmm. to TV sooner or later. So I do believe there's something going on here that there is a he's not driving somewhere, whether it's right. whether whether he and Pops have two different creative ideas for what should happen. Mm. but this is a but any which way this is a this this has the potential to be it's a huge story now this has the potential to be an even greater story depending on what comes after this exactly and again here, we hear different stories and different uh, you talked about maybe maybe dad and him had different ideas for the direction each were going to go because apparently there were plans for him to be at the elimination chamber as well as wrestlemania yeah but i guess the for lack of a better term, I'm doing the air quotes if anybody can't see. The 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 rumored rivalry was was to be with him and Seth Rollins, which to me obviously we would have to build to some to get to there. And 
Shane apparently suggested that maybe he has something with Austin Theory, which which makes actually, the most sense. Yes, because yes. Austin Theory's got dad's attention, and you know, and maybe Vince drops a little bit. You know, you could be my, you could do what my son was never able to do, or something like this. And there you go, you're off yeah. to the races. So maybe there's something there. Maybe, maybe Shane brought it up, and it was shot down. And Shane, who knows? Maybe stuck to his guns and said, "No, this this doesn't." You know, let's. I'm just theorizing right here. Sure. Myself and, and Seth doesn't make as much sense as myself and Austin Theory. That's the match at WrestleMania. And knowing Shane, he probably said, "Look, if you want to make this kid, have him go. I'll go. I'll, you know." Yeah. No, that's no that that seemed like that made. Yeah, you're right because you, you obviously they've been doing this Austin Theory stuff for you know over a month. They got Vince back on TV, so you got to think there's a plan, and, and you're heading towards Mania, so there's a plan, right? Mm-hmm. This kid's got a Mania match. Uh, yeah, nothing's ever in pen, but it's 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 pretty good pencil. And yeah, if Vince himself can't be part of the payoff in a match, which he's not going to be, you look who's your other options. Yep. You have Shane McMahon. You know, I don't know what Triple H's health is, but if he was perfectly healthy, what an option that is, uh, and some dynamics there. Or you know, perfect world, but I don't think because he's doing so well in Hollywood. If he had a John Cena, you know, uh, all, right, all right, you know, Vince, ah, we'll we'll put you up against the ultimate measuring stick in the WWE. You know, anything and and. So you're right. So when you see Shane resurface and Austin Theory doesn't win the Rumble, so he's not going to be fighting for a world title, presumably, uh, that just seemed like that's just the obvious, but obvious, but also, you know, could be very entertaining uh, next couple months. So, yeah, this is and who knows? Yeah, we might be one or two raws away and Shane might pop back up. They might have figured this out and we're all yeah. just looking we're, and then this all just looks like it's one big work i don't know yeah, exactly kind of like kind of like the montreal screw job years later people are thinking oh it was a big <laughs> elaborate work between vince and brett they're the only two in on it you were in on it yeah you were you were in on it I, 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 yeah i was in on it. <laughs> <laughs> you got that extra payday a wire to you the next hey cafe hey, brother cafe uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> uh so, yeah so uh, you know a lot to uh, keep an eye on um uh, yeah, but nonetheless definitely. i i mean i'm already seeing stuff pop up in my timeline where there's a picture of shane with the aew logo yes. a, 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 you know shane mcmahon is all elite or who knows maybe it is even if it is a work you know they they had mickey james recently at the uh in at the rumble this weekend you know with the knockout impacts uh championship yeah. what if shane were to show up at impact and become their um quote unquote you know, authority yeah. figure. Well, yeah, it's it's hard to ever imagine seeing another McMahon on any other t- TV f- yeah. legit. But you know, I, I mean, I do, th- I do think I, you know, some years ago, I, th- I, I, I think Shane has entertained the idea. You know, he he has been the most out of them, out of the core McMahon family. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, Triple H and Stephanie have been there. They've only grown in their responsibilities. You know, Shane did detach himself around 09 mm-hmm. to ten. He did detach yeah. and, and kind of left the family business mm-hmm. at least day to day, week to week. Right. Um, you know, I do think he's entertained other sports entertainment ventures and possibilities it never seems like it's came to fruition but i don't think it's i don't think i think he's had an open mind about what could i offer my services to Mm -hmm. so you know i we'll see uh jody shauna jenkins uh five canadian in honor of jimmy corderas uh jimmy i'm hearing (laughs) jimmy i'm hearing shane is gonna run for leader of the conservatives can you confirm (laughs) or deny p.s how do you feel about the truck convoy oh some canadian oh oh my goodness don't talk to me about the truck convoy thank goodness i'm not in auto the capital of uh canada right now ottawa um you know what look i'm Without to get political here, I am always for everyone has the right to protest in a peaceful manner without causing disruption and harm to others. 
that's that, that's all I'm going to say is it, right. as long as you're not disrupting the day-to-day flow of life. Once you start doing that and getting in people's faces, I'm not a big fan of that. There we go. Or destruction of property or whatever the case may be, you know, you know, there we go. Referee won't have any of that. Nope. nope. None of that. Hey, uh, well, unless, uh, never mind. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, <laughs> my first time. Blind eye. <laughs> my first, yeah, we'll get to blind eyes here. Yeah. Uh, my, remember my first time to Ottawa, it was, uh, uh, for for hockey playoffs, Penguins are playing the Senators for playoff series, and I was traveling up, and I remember it was a uh, I, I it was across, it was on April twentieth, and I'm looking at the grass around the Parliament Building, and people are out there on the lawn smoking. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> mm-hmm. Cigarettes, cigarettes. cigarettes let's yeah. put it. Let's let's let's. Even though it's legal now, but still, uh-huh. cigarettes. Are, yeah, yeah, this is like a this is like a decade ago, over yeah. a decade ago. Yeah, and uh, with with a Molson in there. Other yes, than, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Yes. The Canadian beer. Yes. I liked Ottawa, though. Nice town. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jimmy, what do you say? Let's get into AEW Dynamite. Uh, this is a big show. This is kind of a has like that premium show feel coming to you from Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, all built around the main event of MJF versus CM Punk, uh, a feud that's been very entertaining. We'll get to the match, but they've been entertaining feud, and they've uh, done a really good job not touching, keeping hands off of each other, something that's hard to do uh, in this day and age of, of programming and speed of, of, of booking. So, I commend them for that. So I was looking forward to the show just on that match alone, uh, which is going to take up uh, basically the final 40, 45 minutes. So we're going to get to it. But there was some stuff to talk about prior. John Moxley is going to kick off now. John Moxley was advertised to take on uh, in his first AEW appearance, Brian Kendrick. Brian Kendrick, uh, not too far removed from his time in WWE, but working in the revived Cruiserweight 205 Live as a performer. Also, I think as a little bit of some behind the scenes uh, activity. Uh, he got out of WWE, uh, apparently for his request. Uh, but things took quite the turn, uh, as they seem to do in this day and age of, you know, it's the internet and it's never, never gone, never buried and gone. Right. Uh, some, basically just some, some video had resurfaced of, of comments that Brian Kendrick had made many years ago, it seems, but still, uh, out there, uh, that were basically questioning this, the questioning this, the, the Holocaust. And, 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 yeah. I don't want to go too deep in this because it's, right. it's it, I, the comments, yeah. if, if you want to know exactly what he said, you can, I'm sure go, you can find them. Yeah. Yeah. But nonetheless, uh, these comments got to, all the way to Tony Khan as they were all over the internet today, all over Twitter, especially. And uh, Tony Khan made a, made a public statement on Twitter saying, uh, you know, this, that's, that's not going to fly. And right. uh, at least tonight, Brian Kendrick's not going to be on AEW dynamite. Uh, Brian Kendrick would during dynamite actually issue a, a apology on social media. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see what that holds, but nonetheless, Mox is out, so he's going to have a replacement opponent. It's going to be Wheeler Yuta of the best friends. Wheeler Yuta is flanked by Orange Cassidy and the newly signed Danhausen. Right. Um, you know, I, I I will just say Danhausen made his debut last week at AEW, mm-hmm. and then I actually went. I really fell down a Danhausen wormhole this past week, and I've tweeted a little bit about it. I knew who he was, Jimmy. Of mm-hmm. course, I could pick him out of a lineup. I knew his distinct <laughs> look. Yeah. I knew that he was a an element of comedy, and you know, kind of you got to just drop your imagination a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but I really went through a Danhausen, a Wormhausen, if you will, and I, I just I was quite entertained and kind of learned about this this guy's story. And um, so all that being said, the crowd also very into Danhausen. They're chanting for him. He he's got the attention of the Chicago crowd, who maybe when they bought tickets some weeks ago weren't expecting to see Danhausen. Mm. And so I had my I'm scratching my head, Jimmy. I'm kind of like, should they have done this? Like Dan, like nobody's nobody's even looking at Wheeler Yuta, who's in right. the match. Like they're mm-hmm. focusing on Danhausen. Um, 
right. your thoughts on Danhausen? Any any interactions with him? Any 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 no, familiarity I, with his work or anything? Or no, I, I I'm not very familiar. To, I'm being quite honest here. You know, uh, I watch a lot of wrestling, but I haven't watched a lot of Danhausen, so I'm not very familiar with his work. But I do know that he is very popular with that hardcore diehard audience that is right in AEW's wheelhouse. So they all know who he is. It's it's trying to introduce him to the young audience, yeah. uh, the newer audience who may not know who he is, who I am one of. So I am sitting back as a fan now trying to take in uh, what he has to offer. Uh, I, I didn't go down the rabbit hole like you did and, and, and get on the Internet and watch all the stuff. But uh, I, I thought about it, but then I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to wait and take a step back uh, approach and wait and see how he is presented on AEW so I don't have any preconceived sure thoughts if that makes any kind of sense but as far as the match tonight with wheeler utah uh i, I agree with you i think da danhausen and even to us you know uh, it took it took a little attention away but the problem i had with the match was even though moxley was very dominant and did give utah some offense and and let him shine a little bit at the same time Yuta kicking out of that pile driver and that, yeah. you know, and, and all that stuff. I, a little too much for me, I think, at this point, anyways. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303 292 9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. No, I, I, I get what you mean. There, there's, um, there's one thing I will say, you know, it's good if you're a younger guy in AEW is that um, everybody's pretty giving, you know, we, we, everybody's, you know, even a guy like Moxley, you know, he, he's willing to give some, some, some offense and shine to, uh, to these other guys, which, you know, again, if you're a young guy, you're loving that from, from, a, from a vet, but yeah, there, there is, this, there are certain quality decisions. Like I question at times of like, should that have been the thing that the guy kicked out of? And, but, yeah. uh, but Will you he's definitely got some raw talent. We'll be interested yeah. to see, you know, as time goes on, um, you know, what, what it has, you know, what AEW has to offer for him and, and vice versa. Right. Uh, so, but it is, a, it is ultimately a, the clubbing elbows and paradigm shift uh, win mm -hmm. for John Moxley. And right. just my last thing I'll say about Dan Housen to you real quick, just to kind of, uh, I, and I can appreciate that approach. What I'll say about him, he's quick witted, he's creative and I can draw a bridge. I'm a mutual friend of your, of, of ours. He is, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of positive creative attributes that I would also say about RJ city and Dan house. Oh. They're cut from the same cloth. Uh -huh. They are cut from the same cloth in terms of the, their ability to be a draw and to be an attraction and they don't mm. need to take 40 bumps. Right. I got so, you. Yeah. Now you have piqued my curiosity even more because, uh, you know, a little biased here because RJ is a friend. So, but uh, I, I do, I get RJ. And, and and I'm going to continue to pay attention to Danhausen so I can hopefully get him as well. Yeah, I, I endorse it. I, and I'm still going down, like I said, the Wormhausen. So uh, awesome. a lot of stuff there. Uh, so then we had the match, but then kind of the bigger story in this whole opening segment, uh, you know, beyond Moxley's win, beyond Danhausen out there, beyond Wheeler Yuta, is as uh, Moxley's kind of catching his breath, celebrating his win, Brian Danielson appears in the ring and begins to cut a promo, Jimmy. And he says, you know, do these, you guys, do you want to see us fight? And, of course, the crowd pops, and Brian says, well, you know, there was a time where I wanted to see it, but then I'm looking at you, Moxley, and I don't think we need to be fighting each other. I think we need to be fighting together. He goes, you, you could still be AEW World Champion, maybe if you had me by your side. 
Uh, and he starts to give Moxley, so starts to blow some smoke on him, uh, saying, you know, Moxley, you know, Moxley should be AEW world champion. He, and then Brian begins to run down the current title holders, uh, running down a fake cowboy as the AEW world mm-hmm. champion, running down a fake dinosaur as a tag mm-hmm. team champion, running down a guy who's only famous because of his vlog uh, and, and Sammy Guevara in the TNT title. Uh, so really, that's, that's kind of his pitch. He said, you don't have to answer me now. I know I just threw a lot at you, but uh, Brian Danison trying to uh, form it would seem some type of alliance with uh, John Moxley. I truly enjoyed that promo because it took that left turn and went in an opposite direction from what I was expecting. Let me put it to you this way. Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. It's hard. hard, I know. It's a boy. Is it hard to to do Uh, versus John Moxley? You talk about guys who could talk you into a seat to buy a ticket. There you go to see that match. But now they took me, like I said, on a little bit of a left turn, and I'm going, you know what? This would be interesting to see them pair up and almost go after the AEW elite and regulars or whatever you want to call them, the homegrown talent. And who, who's to say? We talked about maybe somebody jumping ship earlier since he's uh, quietly let go. What if a Shane McMahon were to show up and he was behind this whole Brian Daniels? It's an invasion. Some kind, Yeah, maybe, you know, hey. Well, maybe, you know, again, you know, Shane, who knows, but, but, in but even maybe more realistically today was the day, the first day of eligibility for a crop of talent that were mm-hmm. last released in November. Um, so, you know, obviously they all aren't going to show up at AEW, but uh, probability is at least one of them will at some yeah. point. So, you know, there's that. I think, I agree. I think there's, I think the, the beauty, the beauty of it's like, as Brian's making this pitch, like. I'm like, all right, I could see this alliance happening for a time, but it's very much going to be one of those things where they're both going to be looking, doing double takes to each other, waiting to see who's going to be the first one to stab the other one in the back because both, you know, are, are, are independent, uh, you know, run on their own guys by nature. So there would be that kind of similar, I guess, to what MJF and Jericho had, uh, you know, a year yeah. ago where it looks really, they're smiling at each other face to face, but the moment the other one turns, the, 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 the scowl comes. Yeah, it's almost like uh, Brian Danielson kind of encourages Moxley. He gets him against a match against the Millennial Cowboy, as he called him, or whatever it was. <laughs> and then, and then somehow, uh, without Moxley really noticing and little underhandedness from from da- Danielson, uh, Moxley wins the title. But then right away, Danielson says, "Hey, we're in this together. Now it's your turn to give me an opportunity at that title." And what are you talking about? I thought we were in this together. No, nope. you yeah. were in it together to get there. Now that you're there, now it's time for me to get there. Yeah. 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 It's those, it's those touches that make the story, mm-hmm. story really work. Uh, Keith, things. a little, actually little things. I've heard that before. Keith, $4.99 saying, uh, Brian never said their names, which is a bigger slap in the face. And it was amazing. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. To the, right. To the, the yeah. people he's running down. Exactly. He's, yeah. The millennial cowboy and the, whatever dinosaur, the, the uh, whatever yeah <laughs> no and that, and that 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 makes the insult that much more powerful when you can get your exactly. point across that without without having to actually name your the person you're running down and it's exactly a little psychological thing there mm-hmm. uh well what's not psychological what is physical and very real you can touch it and fix it and i encourage you to do so if in need and that's manscape that's right roses are red violets are blue don't let a wild pube wreck you valentine's day is just around the corner and you know we always Pump Manscaped, they've been a longtime sponsor and supporter of this podcast. But I understand, you know, maybe you're like, I'm, I'm okay right now. This week's fine. I'm on. No, look, here's the deal, guys. It is February 2nd. February 14th is coming quick. We all have the same date circled. 
if you if you have any 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 partner going on in your love life, uh, and, and February fourteenth could be of any importance, you do not want to go to the ring ill prepared. You do not want your gear uh, ill fitting. You want to be in tip top shape, and so that's where we look at Manscape, uh, and they are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This V Day, it's time to join the four million men worldwide who trust Manscape, and they are the leaders in below the waist grooming. And as always, because they are great supporters of this podcast, and if you are a loyal listener and viewer. We're hooking you up with a little deal. You can save 20%, plus you get free shipping if you go to manscaped.com and use the code WINC20. And again, they have a range of products. No matter what it is you need to have taken care of, they'll do it. They have the Pole Performance Package 4.0. This comes with a lot of things. Uh, the, the feature product is the Lawnmower 4.0, the electric trimmer designed to trim. Uh, and, and has advanced skin-safe technology to help reduce any nicks or cuts. We don't need any blading. No color here. Let's do this nice. Uh, it's got a 4,000K LED sp- uh, spotlight on it to help help for uh, for visual aid. It's waterproof, so you know works for the shower. Uh, so again, February 13th, we're proposing make that National Shave Your Balls Day. All right. Don't. There's no excuse. We're giving you plenty of time. We're giving you a hookup of a package and a deal. They also have the weed whacker for those pesky nose, mm-hmm. ear, and hair trimmers. Then you can get beyond uh, the the actual grooming tools. You can get into smelling nice with their wonderful cologne. They have mm-hmm. body wash. They have shampoo and conditioner. They have boxers. They have t-shirts. They have the wonderful travel uh, leather travel bag, which I love to use as, as a shaving kit bag for when you're on the go. All great stuff. And of course, they also have the crop reviver, tone reviver to make sure there's no, uh, you yeah. know. Uh, bad smells uh, coming from you know down below. This is going to keep you nice and fresh, looking, smelling, and feeling great. Again, manscaped.com, 20% you can save, plus you get the free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code WINC20. Valentine's Day is coming, and Manscaped is going to help make your Valentine's Day the best ever and have a great set of balls when you're out there in the field. Absolutely. Uh, and as someone, as someone who uh, is blessed with the Greek curse of having it other than up here, uh, trust me, you're, <laughs> you, you, Manscaped is the product you need. <laughs> oh, the Greek. I love it. That's yeah. wonderful. All right. So Manscaped.com, again, big thanks to them. They've been longtime supporters uh, here on our podcast, especially on Wednesday night. We do appreciate it, and uh, we appreciate all of you guys who keep using and trying them out and keeping them sticking around with us. It's uh, make, what makes us all go around and do good. Mm-hmm. Next up, uh, this was something that felt like out of the Attitude Era here, Jimmy. We get Brandy Rhodes. She's in the ring. And uh, she starts cutting a promo. She quickly does the old, old, what city are we in? Calls it Cleveland. They're in Chicago. And then she's cut off by a Dan Lambert. Now, Dan Lambert, who, uh, for those of you who might be casual AEW Dynamite uh, viewers, uh, he's he's an owner of an MMA uh, team and gym, American Top Team. Uh, But he's been coming and going in AEW uh, over the past year. And he is just a heat magnet. He is, is, uh, some would even kind of characterize him as kind of a Jim Cornette in terms of what he's saying and the kind of the kind of heat that he's drawing for his comments about AEW and their performers and their fans. But Dan Lambert comes out and he's getting cheers. <laughs> he's getting cheers because for what he's saying to Brandy and he says you can pretend that your husband isn't who he is uh you know because of uh, you know the, the shortcuts and using his power. You can pretend that you're uh Becky from the block accent is is real when you get all mad. You can pretend he makes a little comment about the boobs. Uh, he he goes all into it, um, and he notes that he's still being booed. Uh, she's still being booed while she's standing next to him. He calls himself you know, sexist, and yeah. you know he runs himself down. Um, she's still getting booed now. Brandy then tries to shoot back. Uh, the crowd is giving her a "shut the f up" chant over and over and over, drowning her yeah. out. 
she tries to then take a shot at Ethan Page, saying the only reason we have you signed is we're trying to get to Josh Alexander. Shout out to some more mm-hmm. Canadian guys. Um, but that didn't really, you know, the the the, the shut up chance is still there. Uh, mm-hmm. She then tries to fire at Lambert about, you know, maybe you need to stop hanging around AEW so much and start worrying about your American Top Team. Noting, you know, one of your fighters get knocked out by Jake, Jake Paul. Noting Amanda yeah. Nunes leaving. America top team to start our own, uh, but the crowd didn't bite. They just did no. not bite on that attempt. And then, as Dan Lambert says, I'd love to, you know, slap you around like I'm sure a lot of other people here would, but I'm, you know, not going to do that. And here comes Paige Van Zant, uh, a mm-hmm. fighter from the MMA world, and uh, the the locker room empties, the women's locker room empties, and they yeah. try to do a pull apart. Jimmy, I was captivated by I was captivated by the electricity of the heat that was going on and mm-hmm. of the shoot style uh, things that were being said. Right. But then, so is the payoff here? Is is, is Brandy Rhodes going to have a match with or a fight with Paige Van Zandt? I'm a little curious where they think they're going with this. Uh, do they go in this direction? That's what, again, Brandy is, is a, um, what is she, the executive uh, brand She's officer? Chief brand officer, which, she, which Dan Lambert questioned. But like, yeah. that's a real title that's not just here to stroke your ego. <laughs> right, exactly. But again, it goes back to a couple of things here that, that you brought up. Yes, is it going to lead to a match between between Paige Van Zandt and, 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 and Brandy? I hope not because I, uh, first of all, I don't know Paige's pro wrestling uh, acumen, let's put it for lack of a better term. Sure, sure. And, and I don't know if Brandy could carry her in a match in a pro wrestling style match. So that that's got me worried. And the other thing too, is I, I I'm just so on the fence and, and like you said, Dan Lambert is a heat magnet. He comes out as soon as he says one word, usually the crowd is on him. They're booing. And because of Brandy being in the ring, like you said, they, they were cheering. They were happy to see him come out and cut her off. I don't understand where they're going with this thing. Uh, is Brandy supposed to be the baby face? Is, is Dan Lambert's team supposed to be yeah. th- this whole area of gray and oh, let the fans choose. Yes. I get the fans choose who's a heel and a baby face, but you're supposed to present one as a heel and one as a baby face. Right. Yeah. You have Brandy who's getting booed out the building by Chicago. So the Chicago's decided that she's a, the heel, mm-hmm. but then you also have a guy who's out there calling himself all these d- terrible things, admitting that he is, and even saying before I go down in a blazing ball of cancel culture glory. So I mean, like, neither is endearing themselves of any quality of a babyface. And like, logic would tell if, if I'm booking, logic would tell me, all right, if I have a heat magnet in Brandy, and I also have a heat magnet in Dan Lambert, great, keep them as far apart so I have more segments that's getting more heat, and then uh, that's more babyfaces that can capitalize off of it. Uh, I, uh, logic would dictate that, but again, it it's, it seems to be this this direction, and I don't want to say it's just AEW. It it happens elsewhere as well, where this shade of gray. I I I, I hate that term. I hate using that term. I get it. It's worked in the past for certain superstars. I mean, everybody talks about, you know, well, Steve Austin was a heel and all of a sudden, you know, his that, that's a that's a that, once genera- that, generational you, example. My, you can't <laughs> use that as an example. Yeah. Like you said, it's a the exception. A, yes, exactly. So and, and everybody wants to be the next Steve Austin, but you can't force that. That has to happen naturally, which is what, what it did with Steve. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess going back to what where our payoff is here, I, I'm gonna assume because I I think I think they know that, yeah. Paige Van Zandt and Brandy, you're not going to put them out there in a one-on-one, at least not live. You know, right. they're not going to one-on-one match. I, I, the the mixed tag would be where I would scream to this: is that Cody's 
by her side, and then I don't know who's by Paige's side. Uh, you know, probably either Scorpio or Ethan Page would, would make the most sense. That, that's a, that's a good call. Yeah, yeah, that's the only thing I can think of what they're doing here. But again, it still doesn't move away from the problem of what we just said. You're going to have two heel acts, or you're going to now have the crowd cheer uh, mm-hmm. an act that they really shouldn't have to cheer in Dan Lambert's guy. So it's right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm and Corey Pride jumping in. Thanks, Corey. Uh, Two dollars. Brandy is the heel with the most heat in AEW. And again, yeah. It's, so that's fine. Right. I've never had a problem with that. And it's okay, even if she's not the best wrestler. Stephanie McMahon is not the best wrestler, but Stephanie, when she's out there on on screen, she gets tremendous heat, and it's fine. Right. Just, just, but, but you never, you, you don't ever trot Brandy or Stephanie or whatever. You don't put them out there against another heel act. It makes no sense. Exactly. I, I, again. I, I hate to, to to sound very repetitive, but it, like you said, it, she's got so much natural heat, and Dan Lambert creates such such great heat as well coming out, especially to that hardcore audience. Like like you said, you could make more baby faces out of this instead of trying to, you know, have a cool moment with two heel factions warring back and forth. Jimmy, why do you think? Brandy and Cody are are developing the organic heat that they are. Is it is it as simple as, and again, not to just I guess it's, it's it is the easiest comparison is Triple H and Stephanie. Is it because yeah. they are people in the office, and so it's just an easy easy deflection of uh, of, of heat that that oh oh anything that you don't like about the company you can put blame on them. Is that what it is? I think that's a major component of it. I think that comparison that you made between Cody and Brandy and Steph and uh, Triple H is a very fair one. People know right out of the gate, especially today's in tune audience and the, the hardcore crowd that they cater to specifically knows that he's an office guy. He's yeah. an EVP, you know, and they know that that Brandy has a title as well as chief uh, brand officer. So to them, it's like, the reason they're getting any kind of positioning there is the last name yeah. and their position with the company. Yeah. So, well, yeah and, and there's a reality show with them right now. So that that's documenting their, yeah. their, their, their double duties. of. And, and since you made the comparison, look at, look at all the heat triple H was getting when, when people found out that he ha- was in a real life relationship with Stephanie yeah. McMahon and people were saying, Oh, Hunter's only getting the push because you know, he's, yeah. he's marrying the boss's daughter. Hunter was great. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and Cody is as well. But people have this conception that, you know, hey, you know, marry your way to the top. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Jack Trap 499. This means something to me. Uh, I'm not sure, if, Jack, if you mean this, if the story, hey, if the story is working for you, I'm not, not going to knock anybody's enjoy the story. I just question, yeah. I just question some of the decisions or at least the decisions today and where are we going tomorrow. But exactly. That's why, that's why we tune in. We'll see. Exactly. All right, so uh, that's that again. That was a very electric, a uh, lot of lot of talking tonight. That was maybe one of the highlights of of, of things to uh, to make sure you, you you catch up on if you didn't mm-hmm. didn't see the show live. Uh, we got a tag team match up next. We have the House of Black up against Penta and Pack. Pack is blindfolded. Of course, uh, uh, Pack was a, a victim of the House of Black mm-hmm. a little bit ago. Uh, this match is going to see uh, some. The, the ref is going to be distracted by Pack getting pushed off the top rope so pack gets pushed off the top by the illegal man on the apron and that draws the referee's eyes to not leave the ring but at least get to the ropes and check on them that's the distraction mr referee jimmy corderas and then the black mist spit into penta's face and then the dante inferno which is kind of a a, a joint 
um, a joint suplex slam uh, by by Brody and by Malachi. Uh, so uh, House of Black is a win, which I think is the right decision. Uh, I'd be remiss to not have a referee on with me and at least ask opinions and 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 and, and X's and O's of getting refs distractions. Look, uh, and and they do a lot of that, uh, especially in AEW with the ref distractions. My problem with them are they are not creative enough to where the referee is distracted, uh, apparently in the duty of doing his his job, and the heels creatively causing that distraction for them to cheat to win. Like, for example, tonight's finish. You said... Uh, Pack was on the top rope, got knocked off by the by the illegal man. Mm-hmm. The referee, where does he go? He goes and checks. He's looking outside the ring and checking on Pack. Why isn't he taking the, the illegal, illegal man, man right out? <laughs> and while you. he's got his back turned to uh, Malachi Black, taking him out, yeah. picking his partner out and getting him to the apron, there's the mist, and you can go into the finish from there. Jimmy, let me it, ask. It's just, it's just the other way. Is like, it almost feels like, okay, we're going to do this. You turn, turn that way. Look over there, and we're going to cheat behind your back. Jimmy, I know you're not there. So, so you're not there. But let me ask you this. But you were in WWE for a lot of years. I'm sure. I'm sure you had times where, especially maybe younger guys, maybe put a spot together to distract the ref. Mm-hmm. Surely you had a certain at a certain point you had the okay to stand to, to at least offer politely. Let's try to do it this way, mm-hmm. or the producer, or I guess they called them agents at, at, at in your time would step in and say no, no, no. And uh, what, what do you think? Do you think the AEW refs they don't they don't get to speak up? They don't know any better. Is there a lack of quality control from producers or agents? Like what? Where do you? Because this is not this is a, this is a reoccurring. For, there's a lot of good things to like about AEW. They yeah. they are a different flavor on the buffet. Yes. Uh, for as long as three hours could be on Monday, this is a, a different two-hour pace that I do look forward to on Wednesday. And there's a lot to take away uh, to enjoy um, if, if, for for you. But I but this is a reoccurring problem: is the they go back and forth on rules, yes. what rules they want to enforce when and when it's convenient, uh, and then the, and then the ref distraction spots are probably the, the the biggest glaring issue. What do you think is maybe the issue here? I, I wish I knew because um, you know uh, I I know on uh, on busted open one time uh, bully mm-hmm. or Bubba. Uh, was talking, Tony Khan was on and he mentioned the, the issue with the referees and Tony Khan says, well, our fans don't care about that stuff. And it almost makes me feel like uh, how do they not care about this stuff? Because you're trying to present it, you know, as pro wrestling and in pro wrestling when you are lazy when it comes to stuff like that, it, it just comes off looking bad to me especially someone who has done it, who has worn the stripes and, and the blue shirt, which I enjoyed even more than anything. But <clears throat> you got to protect your referees to make them look like at least they're trying to do their job. And, 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 and if the heels do a, you know, cheat behind the referees back in a creative fashion, which makes it look like, yes, we got him trying to do his job, but we, you know, we snuck out. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the agents or the producers of the match or is well, if Tony, Tony, if Tony, if Tony said that the next kind of, it, it, it's from the top down. Then it's just not something that's, 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 that, that they value putting extra time in. It, it's kind of a contradiction though, because on the one hand, you know, we, as we just talked about in the previous segment, they seem to be okay. Letting two heat magnets go out and occupy the same segment and make, make the audience choose. So in that regard, I can see Tony's philosophy of the, you know, like rules are in pro wrestling to be broken. 
Right. That's what makes a heel is that they, is they go around the rules, they bend the rules. Mm-hmm. So I can see if if if, they, if if he doesn't subscribe to that, and he look, it's very well documented. He loved the original ECW. The original ECW, everything was ECW rules. There was never everything was mm-hmm. no DQ, no count out. It was just so like I, I get that end of it, but at the same time, it's a it's a contradiction. They do such a good job of keeping records. And they have standings and power rankings, and they'll tell you. Know, Jim Ross gives a stat, which I'm going to give you in a second, of the percentage of wins that, that Nyla Rose has had since she's acquired Vicky as a manager. So they give these pseudo sports stats. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to have pseudo sports stats, you need to have you know sport accurate officiating. <laughs> and so it's just a contradiction of what's which philosophy are we going to go with here? No, I I, I totally agree, and it, it almost makes me feel like when I watch. And they do a lot of distraction finishes uh, on Wednesday nights. And, and it, it almost feels like half the time is just basically, so where's the distraction? Well, so-and-so is going to happen. Just turn your back and keep your eyes on so-and-so and we'll do this. We'll, we'll do the finish behind your back. And then it's it just, to me, feels lazy and uncreative and just an easy way out. I think they could. I think they could benefit from having. Uh, I, I think Aubrey is their best ref, in my opinion. Uh, but I think they could benefit from having, you know, a, a veteran ref like yourself or somebody a veteran. You know, when you're with you know similar credentials, there is a, a an overseer to help help just to help teach. It will. I mean, I don't well, help better. Well, well, it, you know, they had that. It, it seemed like that working relationship with Impact Wrestling, and yeah. they had Brian Hebner. Yeah. You know, I, there's a guy who can. You can help in that aspect as well. There's 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 guys out there. It's just yeah. I don't know what it is. I guess it's not a priority right now. Well, well, Jimmy, we have you as a special guest here tonight, and and, and, and I, the, the chat room. I love and I love the positivity. Uh, it's great to see so much positivity on the internet at one time from this chat room. Uh, it's great. Uh, so I, I want to take advantage of having you. You know, some fans may or may not know this. There was a period of time in WWE where it was a shoot where Vince gave you refs the authority. If you had to break script, if the guys were and girls were disrespecting the rules, not following the rules, unless it was mm-hmm. part of a specified angle, if otherwise, there was a period of time where you shoot could and you did have to stop some matches prematurely. Yeah, uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, we for some reason uh, I don't know if it was be, becoming a problem where uh, heels were taking too many liberties with the referees, and 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 Vince got on this kick where he just said, "Listen." If they're taking too much advantage of you, don't be afraid to, you know, call the match. Or or even something as simple as if there's a cover and you're counting and the person doesn't kick out in time and you count three, that's on them, not you. And I got I, your and Vince said, I have your back. And how is he communicating this, Jimmy? Is this is he is this is this in a locker room wide production meeting? Is this just in a meeting with just him and the referee? Is this a one on one to you? Like how is he communicating this? No, no, it's it went to everybody. Okay. It, it was like, you know, like every... Like a memo was sent out? Well, I, I want to say it was at least once a month that he, he would get everybody together and we'd have a, you know, a group meeting and okay. people would uh, ask questions and he'd give us the latest whatever's going on and that kind of stuff. And uh, in one in one meeting, he said, listen, uh, this is what's going to happen. And he told everybody. And then he took us to the side, all the referees. He said, listen, I know the guys are very intimidating, but... Uh, I'm the boss here. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy who pays your bills. So you you are going to be, uh, you know, enforcing the rules. And that was it. Wow. I remember. I remember one time. <laughs> I remember one time. Uh, 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 there was a, there was a pin happened where the shoulders were parallel with the ropes. Okay. The, one of the, one of his biggest pet peeves was if the referee if you can't see both shoulders, 
You shouldn't position yourself in it. Uh, yes, there's all the positioning when it comes to camera angles and that sort of thing. And, you know, the hard camera and all that. But if you can't position yourself to where you can see both shoulders, you do not count. Because he, he, he just hated when you couldn't see both shoulders. So at one time there was a pin that happened, right? And the shoulders were parallel basically with the rope. So the only way I could see both shoulders was to slide out of the ring. So I slid out of the ring, counted on the apron, one, two, three, got back in the ring, raised a hand. And I get back to Gorilla and, you know, Vince is there with his headset on. He takes off his headset and he comes here. He gives me out, come here. I said, yes, sir. He said, why'd you slide out of the ring to count? I said, it was the only way I could see both shoulders. He said, good answer. Put his headset back on and that was it. <laughs> and I was oh, whew. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to feel good. Yeah. That, that, but yeah, that, and that's that's a good sign to you of instincts of of, of, of instincts, just the right thing mm. to do. If, if if you're being told to enforce this this yeah. line of vision, then that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Good good information. It's great having great having you on here, Jimmy. Okay. All right, um, well, let's move back along with our regu- regularly scheduled program. <laughs> so uh, we do get the women's match of the night. Uh, it is Nyla Rose, and as I mentioned, again going back to the stats, uh, Jim Ross touts uh, since uh, acquiring Vicky Guerrero as her manager. Nyla has won 82% of her matches. Uh, and I think even the stat graphic, if I read it right, um, she said she's got 57 wins, which leads the all women in the division for wins, which again, I actually, I, I like this. I don't mind this element. I, I think it, I think it does, it does good. It does good. The tricky thing is the bulk of these wins aren't on dynamite. They're on rampage dark or whatever else elevation. So it's, again, it's kind of like a, in a way it kind of is a, subconscious way of promoting hey go see these other shows so you can see a hey, person's getting a lot of other matches you might not be watching on wednesday mm-hmm. but, but then i also wonder is it missed is it confusing to the audience member who only does watch dynamite they hear right. jim also read this graphic it says that she's got the leading amount of wins and they're like well i haven't seen her have a match and i, I don't know I, I i i waver back and forth i like that they keep stats i i, I do have mm-hmm. a certain false spot to it but i just wonder is it communic is, is that confusing or not but the stats right. on, I always keep them, keep track of them as I give them. So, uh, mm-hmm. very dominant Isla Rose up against Ruby Soho. Um, mm-hmm. uh, this match, you know, uh, Ruby, you know, she's fighting back. Obviously, she's the underdog undersized here. Uh, but ultimately, Nyla's going to end up hitting the sit-down beast bomb, and Nyla's going to get a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy, a, a, a strong look for Nyla. Uh, I feel like Ruby Soho, since she's arrived in AEW, just they haven't got any momentum going for her. Again, at least not mm-hmm. Dynamite or the pay-per-views. Yeah, not, as of yet, not not yet, but I, I do like the fact that F- Nyla Rose did win with her finish without somebody kicking out, of course. Sure. And and again, it's I thought the girls had a, uh, the, had a really good match. It was a solid match. It, the little things again. I thought the fighting on the outside lasted a little bit too long when they were on the apron. But the, you know, again, the little things that that me with the striped shirt notices that kind of uh, someone else would probably just it, it wouldn't bother him as much, but. Uh, yeah, I think they, they've got something with Ruby Soho. Their audience have gravitated towards her, but they they have, um, I hate to say missed opportunity, but so far they haven't taken that opportunity with her yet to elevate her to where I think, I, I think she is not where she should be at this point right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, and, you know, she was in that TBS title tournament and she went deep into it, but she didn't win it, obviously. And I, I questioned, was that the best? You know, if you put her in the tournament, should she just? If you're going to put her in, does she need to win it? You know, so mm-hmm. again, we'll wait and see how. Uh, but but nothing can, it cannot be denied. The crowd is there with her when her music hits. They pop. Right. Uh, the lead singer of uh, I believe it's Rancid that 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 does her song. I was there, mm-hmm. so that was kind of a cool little little moment of her him helping right. 
get her jacket off, ready for yeah. ready for battle. Uh, backstage is kind of funny to me. The Gun Club, Billy yeah. and the boys, yeah. beat up poor old Jungle Boy and tossed him in the snow. Uh, while they're out there shirtless, mind you, in the freezing yeah. Chicago cold. Right. I don't know. I had to make a note of that because this is just very funny Billy Gunn stuff to me. Yeah, and and Billy Gunn, I am so envious of him. He is. Uh, I don't want to give away his age, but man, he just doesn't. He he is better with age. He just yeah yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Definitely. Yeah, he's in his fifties. I'll, I'll say it. He's in his fifties. Yes. 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 Fifties. Talk about up. being envious. Let me put it that way. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> in his fifties, looking like he's thirty. Mm-hmm. All right, so we get a uh, Tony Schiavone brings out Hangman Adam Page, and uh, he basically mm-hmm. just cuts right to the chase. He calls out Lance Archer, who is going to have this Texas Death Match with next week in Atlantic City, but he says, "Screw that, let's just do it tonight." Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Lambert and Jake the Snake Roberts come out, uh, and they cut off uh, Page, and basically, you know, Jake says, "I think I'm smelling fear from you," and then Archer just appears and pushes aside Jake and uh, yeah. Lambert. And then him and uh, Paige go at it, and, and and Lambert tries to hit Paige with a chair. That's enough to deflect attention, and Archer goes to work. He hits a choke slam on the steps, hits his blackout finisher mm-hmm. through the timekeeper table. So uh, just to basically, like, Jimmy, uh, just further the heat for the, the big match next week. No, and, and it did just that. It got me interested in seeing this match. But the, the you talk about stats. The one stat that caught me off guard was when uh, uh, Lance was saying that, um, uh, no, a, a Hangman was saying that, uh, you know, he's been champion for 81 days now and has had two title defenses. Mm. You know, uh, I get it. You want your title defenses to be special. But at the same time, yeah. on a show where, uh, and I know we're going to get to the MJF Punk match a little later, there's a match that was special and should have been safe for a pay-per-view. You're having that on, on TV, but you're not having a championship match on TV two in 81 days. It just it just well, seems a little light. What was the old rule? Right. You must defend it within thirty days, or you dress. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, that was an old uh, Jack Tunney edict. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah. So Archer and Hangman Page. You know, the, I, I'm I'm happy to see Archer. Um, yeah, I like seeing him on TV. I think he's got a nice look. I, I like a big guy like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I give no, I, unless like Hangman Page. I don't know, unless something crazy happens the next week. I give no. A chance of Paige dropping this title on Archer. So I'm I'm kind of mm. curious to see once he gets to Archer, like what is you know is, is does Danielson and Moxley the former alliance to chase back this title? Like does right. one of these recently released 90 day WWE guys reappear and get pushed to the top? Like I'm really you know does the winner of MJF Punk, which we're getting ready to get to, do they have a claim for number one contendership? I'm really curious. Sorry, Archer, I hate to look past you, but that, that's just where I'm at. I'm really curious to see yeah. what's coming for the world title. Uh, after mm. next week well the good thing about the texas death match is we don't have to worry about any um, distractions or anything like that <laughs> yeah right it's all all mm-hmm. all, all legal all right. legal uh it's a texas death match but i think they're in atlantic city it's called an atlantic city uh, atlantic boardwalk city. Board, boardwalk brawl i don't know yeah something like that something <laughs> something like that okay uh there's still about 45 minutes to go left in the show Mm-hmm. And it is time for MJF to make his entrance, which I had no problem with because I, I this 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 match and feud certainly the last thing you want to do if you're going to be on TVs where you have hard outs is the last thing you want to do is rush this. Mm-hmm. So I'm all for them giving time to the point of where maybe you even have a, an extra minute or two at the end where you're just pandering and posing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like that MJF comes out. Of course, he's uh, in enemy territory. CM Punk 11 and 0 gets a huge pop when they come back from the commercial break. Uh, this mm-hmm. starts out with an MJF cheap shot. 
they fight into the crowd. Uh, you know, Punk letting the fans kind of get involved. And he's taking selfies with fans as he's beating up Punk. Very interactive, entertaining stuff. Uh, a couple cutoffs did happen. Uh, with with Punk ended up hitting the post, really hurting his left bicep. Uh, he also gets knocked off the top rope at one point. Uh, but this whole this whole first half of the match, and I'll call it a half, as you'll see in a minute. This mm. mostly is Punk dominating and just MJF selling. Um, mm. And I thought it was really it was a the story fit. MJF obviously has avoided M- uh, CM Punk at all costs. Mm. So it totally makes sense. And now where Punk has free reign to get his hands on MJF, and MJF's got nobody out there to help him, he's just being taken to the woodshed. I thought the start right. of the match was a was was perfectly laid out. Uh, uh, other than the fact that, it, it, again, this is my opinion, mm-hmm. other than the fact that I thought they fought outside too long. And I get it going up in the crowd and you don't want the, you don't want the match to end in a, in a count out and stuff like that. And I totally agree with that. But at the same time, you, you can't just take liberties like that because that is a stipulation that could be added later on where they could fight outside as long as they want false count anywhere, whatever the, the case may be, no count outs, no, just whatever. Um, they did that in the first half of that match. Mm-hmm. I mean, it fit with the animosity between the two combatants, but at the same time, again, it goes back to which rules are we going to enforce and which rules are we not? Are we going to be, you know? So yeah, I, so I'm, I'm, I was okay with on this one. I get what you mean. It, it's 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 like it's it's okay to let this this one slide in the main event of this blood feud, mm-hmm. but enforce countouts to the T in all the other matches, which they don't always do. So I get it. Right. But I was okay with it in this one, and the commentary was even trying to uh, right. complement that by saying, you know, good on the ref. We want a winner here. We don't want technicalities. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I always appreciated that, you know, in, in, in the era when you were there, when we'd see, you know, the WWF main event, it was always usually Earl Hebner, and, mm-hmm. you know, Hebner would be out in the crowd with him, and, and they'd been Jim Ross probably on commentary saying, like, this is going to be a winner. Hebner's letting this go. This is, you know, right. it did give a certain gravitas to this this main event but i see your point that's fine if it's just this match but unfortunately they go too soft too many other times so yeah and and my other point is this was their first match yeah and they went to that extreme i don't i i uh, i don't want to say you could have saved it for the second match or the next match it just you i think it was too soon for it let's put it this way and 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 me a guy a guy who was on the fence who was saying why were they having this match so soon on free television this is a match that the first time these guys they ring the bell and they lock up should be and yes i know it's a different world now television revenue rules over pay-per-view but at the same time or or premium live event whatever you want to call it aew is still in the pay-per-view business right so why not see if you could pop a huge pay-per-view number with a match that everybody is dying to see again i agree but i i I do think while Popping a good pay-per-view number buy rate is good for them. Um, mm-hmm. And they have pay-per-view and they have streaming or whatever. I do think, you know, AEW, they have this momentum and they're going to have a new TV deal up, you know, in the next two years. So I can see the argument of mm-hmm. giving certain big main events like this uh, away on TV and, 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 and putting it in the portfolio, in the resume of look at the type of numbers we're able to draw. You know, this might, maybe this might end up being their best dynamite ever. It potentially could be with the, with the fact that they weren't, you know, they're not, there wasn't a, a great opposition on TV tonight of, of sports. And, and, you know, and again, it's a pretty big feud, MJF and Punk. So mm-hmm. I get them having to make those little milestone strides. And that's maybe going to translate into, you know, big TV, big, you know, big rights money for from TBS and what have you in the next go around. So yeah, it, it's all a question of philosophy, I guess. But, right. um, but, but anyway, so this is all the first half of the match, as I said, because mm-hmm. what ends up happening is, uh, 
MJF ends up taking his tape. He's got they got the ref kind of mm-hmm. sandwiched between him. He's got the tape off his wrist. And this was actually visually, you know, Jimmy, you talk to your point talking about needing to see shoulders, needing to see things. They managed to get MJF gets the tape around Punk's neck, mm-hmm. conceals the tape with his forearm in a, in a traditional sleeper kind of mm-hmm. the you know form. And this looked great because you actually could not see. You knew the tape was there, but you could right. but you could see that the ref could not see it. The fans mm-hmm. are going nuts because they're trying to you know uh, uh, advocate for Punk. Right, right. And they take and this takes Punk all the way down to the mat. And they do the old-fashioned, we don't get this all the time in AEW, the one mm-hmm. arm up. Right. The two arm up. Certainly, he's going to fire back at three. And no, that, yeah. that arm goes down, bell rings. Right. I, I mean, I stopped, and I, I'm looking at the time, and I'm like, there's a half hour in the show to go, but he mm-hmm. just got him. Um, so they're going to declare him for the winner, but then the tape's going to fall out, and the ref mm-hmm. sees it, and right. da, 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 we reverse it. I think, Jimmy, they call this a dusty finish. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but, but they got me. They got me. Yeah. They got me too. I didn't expect that at all. And, and again, it is a heel being sneaky and concealing his cheating from the referee, which made it work. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. when you, when you do it blatantly, uh, you know, if there would have been a different, uh, we'll get to the, the, the distraction later, but uh, uh, again, uh, MJF in this match was being a true heel throughout the entire match. And not only that, he was selling mm-hmm. and punk was selling when they need, they were both selling when they needed to sell. I thought this match was like you said, um, I, I very good and solid. And, and it was telling a story without these guys having to go overboard and doing these crazy, you know? Yeah. I'm glad you said about the selling because that was my next kind of note that I had after the restart of the match was, I mean, punk selling the, the bicep and then eventually the knees and, and there was different times where he couldn't you know he couldn't lock in the any kind of vice all the way couldn't do this and then you know mjf is is selling just the ass kicking he's getting um so yeah so both of these guys right. uh, really did uh, uh you know uh, do well in that part uh, sam austin um would you say having this for free justifies bischoff's position on giving away goldberg hogan on tv i guess goldberg hogan was much bigger though uh, no, that that I think that's an apples to oranges, Sam. Uh, for anybody who's not yeah. uh, familiar with what Sam's saying, Goldberg was undefeated in a streak from in '97 and '98, and then basically, I think on a Thursday Thunder, they announced it for the following Monday mm-hmm. Nitro that he was going to challenge Hogan, who's the leader of the NWO and the world champion, had been for quite right. some time. They sold out the Georgia Dome where, where mm-hmm. Goldberg's from, but yeah, there was a big. At that time, big debate of should that have been saved for a pay per view? That could have been probably WWE's biggest pay per view to yeah. date. Yeah, different times, Sam, because the TV rights money wasn't what it is now. Um, at that time, and it was the same for WWE. You, you, you did, you did Nitro and Raw. You did your weekly TV to get to the pay per view buy rate. You were not getting the type of revenue from your weekly TV that I mean that they are now. And even AEW gets a, a nice little chunk of change. It's not what raw or smackdown does but they might mm-hmm. eventually get to that but it's a different model now where the weekly tv does have more right more importance i, I don't think it mm-hmm. you know i don't think it's quite applicable but good mm-hmm. conversation to have i always love history mm-hmm. so yeah so we get the selling and, you know, and then you know we got some yay nay blows jimmy and then we got mjf gets a low blow punk's mm-hmm. firing back looks like he's getting ready to go home and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden here comes wardlow mm-hmm. uh where's he stand what's going on wardlow comes yeah. out he kind of, you know, he gets face to face with Punk, right? 
But then he steps aside as to say, I'm going to let you take care of business. Mm-hmm. Punk then gets in the ring. Wardlow still looks like he might be a threat. The ref's got his eyes all on Wardlow. MJF ends up hitting. He gets the ring on, hits the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the punch with the ring on Punk. One, two, three. And so MJF's the winner. They then show in replay and kind of recapture it because it didn't, I, I missed it mm-hmm. live. And right. so I did the so did the commentators. Yes. That when Wardlow was face to face and then stepping aside for Punk, he actually had dropped the ring to MJF. Mm-hmm. The cameras just didn't capture that. Right. Um, so <clears throat> MJF gets a win. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Especially after the dusty finish. Oh, he's not winning now. Right. But he wins. So now he's gonna be now he's gonna forever brag that he beat Punk twice, twice. in one night. Yes. Uh you have Wardlow who's standing there, but still looking reluctant. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things at play here. I am intrigued, but what was your takeaway from how this uh how this 45 minute main event match, how it concluded? Um I'm very shocked, but then again, I uh, as someone who is uh, uh has problems with too many distraction finishes, like I've been saying, <laughs> we've been saying a lot tonight. This one again worked because it was done in a creative and and in a manner that didn't make the referee look foolish by going, "Hey, look over there." Mm-hmm. They did it sneaky. They did it, you know. They concealed the the pass off of the ring, and after using it, uh, MJF using it with the you know knocking out right away, tucks it into his tights and. After, and then gave it back to Wardlow. Yes. The ref couldn't, so the ref, so he couldn't have a smoking gun a second time. There you go. And and even if the ref would have checked, like, um, let's say for example, uh, let's say Punk is sort of coming to a little bit, and he's going, he hit me with something. Check him, you know, and he could, you know, do the ch- check yeah. the trunks and nothing there, you know. Uh, I I liked it. I'm very surprised by it. Let's put it that way. And you know, when I talk about little things. After the one, two, three, you saw MJF kind of stayed on punk and covered and, and stayed there for a little while. It almost felt like he was you know, like so f- grateful because think of it this way. MJF who was what? 25 years old, 24, 25 years old. Before, a young guy like yeah. that. One of the best heels in the industry right now who gets being a heel is today to get probably the biggest win of his career for who knows how long over someone like a CM Punk in his hometown. Right. You could tell he was feeling it. Who, by the way, had not lost in AEW yet in his return. He, he was, Punk was exactly. 11 and 0. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I know everybody's going to complain now that Vinnie Rue was booking for him to lose in his hometown. But anyway, uh, I'm sure that was Punk's idea too. Punk is like, hey, yeah. you know. I'm sure he was okay with that. And as far as the Wardlow situation goes, it's still up in the air. It's not exactly 100%. Yes, he is 100% 100 backing um, uh, MJF. But at the same time, you could could sense there's a little bit of tension there, but, but for now he's helping him out. Yeah. So, so there, there are avenues you can explore after that. Absolutely. Michael the virus says Jim Ross played the Heenan role from Bash '96. Which side is he on? Uh, great nod to Heenan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's still some debate of uh, uh, from people that whether Heenan was playing a reverse psychology of whose side is Hogan on as he goes to the ring, or if Heenan right. might have just done a little, might have just been talking too much. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Uh, yeah. Sam Austin Wardlow has such a presence. Is he a good talker? You know, Sam, I, I think he, uh, you know, 
uh, Wardlow came up, and, and as I've talked about, I had the privilege to get to manage this guy from the start of his career for the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. And the reason I managed him was because he was not a talker. He was a uh, a great look, a uh, great athlete. The guy can do a swanton, which I tell him he should stop doing. <laughs> I've never do again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but, but it, I was there when I would work with him. It was just to help, just to, to, to bridge that gap. Um, I do think, though, since he's been in AEW, he's been running the road. He's had tremendous minds uh, surrounding him. I know Billy Gunn's been a guy who's been around him. All, all the, all the talent mm-hmm. that they have. Right. Um, I think he's certainly progressing. I think he's also realized, though, he doesn't have to say too much. He still doesn't have to say a whole lot. Uh, his physicality, his facial expression, he has great mm-hmm. facial expressions. Uh, it does the talking. So yeah. um, it's, to your point, Sam, he's a presence, and that presence kind of speaks a lot for him. He, he doesn't need to go out and cut uh, a Brian Danielson promo pitching things that's just not mm-hmm. his style um and when it comes time with the inevitable breakup with mgf he won't need he'll know it'll, it'll be very succinct there won't need mm-hmm. to be a lot said the audience is going to be right there with him they're going to know what he's feeling they're going to understand he's been pushed around you know by, and, by mgf and let's be honest if, if when it comes down to merchandise too all he needs is one good tagline saying and he's all set they haven't used it. I always I dubbed him here as the man with war in his name. They've decided to go the oh. Mr. Mayhem route, but I always did the I, I, maybe they don't want to monetize war. anything with war. Yeah, right. Probably, but uh, yeah. Um, so that was dynamite tonight. Uh, so a lot mm-hmm. to talk about from it as we just did here in the last hour. Um, they're in Atlantic City next week, so mm-hmm. a lot of cliffhangers, things to tune into. Yeah. Will they do more of? And I mean, hey, that's all you can ask for for a show. It, it, it yeah. was not boring. That's no. For sure. No, it wasn't. And and for those who might have a misconception here uh, because of my critiquing of the of the uh, distractions and the rules and that kind of stuff, I was entertained. And, and you know, the little things that I noticed from being there and being in the ring and from a referee standpoint, those are the little things that kind of sit with me that I notice. Uh, to give another story, um, I'll give you an example. Uh, yeah. I, I want to say it was 2019 when, when SummerSlam was here in Toronto? Was it 2019? Uh, I was sitting with the producer of our show up here, Aftermath. Okay. And uh, we, were, uh, we were just sitting there watching the watching a match, and uh, he thought, he goes, oh, I thought that was it. And I went, nope. And he was like, you knew that wasn't the finish? I said, well, I kind of. He says, how'd you know? I said, I don't know. Uh, I said, I don't know what the finish of the match is. I just knew that wasn't it. And then uh, another here comes another false finish, and he goes, oh, I thought that was it. And I said, he says, how do you know? I said, well, I, I don't want to tell you because if I tell you, then yeah. you won't be able to unsee it. You'll be looking for it. Right. So I explained to him what it was. And again, I hate to, I'm not going to, but it had something to do with the referee. There yeah. was a tell. Yeah. So I pointed out the tell and he goes, I can't unsee it now. Yeah. So, I, so, 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 so that's why if, if people, you know, like I, on, on social media and stuff like that, I will not point that stuff out because once you do, you know, yeah, then it's there. You know, I've said I've said it before on here. I won't like name a particular mm-hmm. person, but like there are times yeah, if you watch a ref, if they do things differently, if they're not consistent, if they know that this is not the finish, you know. Right. And, and, but but and to, and to people that might you know to to what you're saying, Jimmy, I get it because like you know people have to remember again, you did this for 20 plus years traveling mm-hmm. so it would be the you know to, to kind of full circle we started this podcast talking talking nfl football right. if, 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 if this was a football podcast and most people just wanted to just hear us just you know just talk about the game and the, the, the who won and whatever right. and we had you on but you were a 
quarterbacks coach once upon a time in the NFL, mm-hmm. then you then it's going to be natural that in your analysis or things that you're viewing, you're going to pick apart the things a quarterback was doing, the cadence of their count, their footwork, the decision making, right. their audibles, like everything. Like so, you know, it just it's it, it would be it would be weird actually if 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 you didn't have a hyper focus on the referees, the rules, mm-hmm. and the interpretation of such. Right. You know, that's, that's, that's where your, that's where your line of expertise is. Right. And, and, and for me, as someone, uh, you know, people ask me all all the time, did you used to pipe up and stuff like that? There was a way to do it without being, you know what I mean? Cause you know, you don't want to upset anyone as well, but uh, uh, you know, late great Eddie Guerrero was the one who used to, who who got me to kind of come out of my shell a little bit. Really? Yeah. Because, you know, I would have one of his matches and he'd be talking to whoever he was working with and, and all of a sudden, you look over at me and you go, what? I said, what do you mean? He says, there's something. What? I said, no, no, no. He said, don't, don't tell me. You know, so I say, well, you know, especially during the lie, cheat, and steal era. Yeah. I said, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I said, well, what if, what? I'm just saying, what if this happened instead of this? So you you just, you know, he says, oh, well, that's, that's not bad. Maybe we'll do that. Said, you know what I mean? And then, you know, afterwards we were walking and he just took me aside and he said, listen, Jimmy, you never have to worry. The guys here know you've been here for a while. So as long as you don't come off sounding like a, a know-it-all and just just respectfully say, hey, guys, do you mind if I make a suggestion? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, do it, man. You, you know the stuff. And I said, well, I think I do. But, you know, sometimes I might see something differently than the talent might because, you know, as a referee, sometimes you have a different viewpoint. Sure. Do you know that's a great and that's a great uh, reference to make uh, of a guy in Eddie, of course, with the lie, cheat and steal uh, time that he had where you had to be creative of how you're going to get past the ref. For what I can remember, he was the first time I ever saw that throw the chair in somebody's hand and then take a back bump (laughs) for the ref to the to your recollection. Was that the first time somebody had done that? And if it was. Was that his idea? Was that like a was that it? Was that one of the re- like who came up with that? Because I that was the first. I mean, it's been done now, but if you go back to the first time, it's brilliant. No, I I, I wish I knew. It. I want to say it was Eddie's idea, but I can't say that one hundred percent for sure. Mm-hmm. But it was the first time I had seen it done, and the first time I was a part of it. It was like, you know, you're trying to be serious through this thing, yeah. but at the same time, you 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 know, I'm in my head and I'm trying to, yeah, again help get their story told. That's my job is to help them tell their story. But at the same time, I'm going, this is so freaking cool. I hope it looks okay. You know what I mean? This is and, all and, and you know, as time. you're out there in the ring, you know, the entire locker room's huddled around a mon in the back and they're just popping and howling at this, at the spot. Right. Right. And then the, you know, for me, it, my, my tell was I'd get back to gorilla and I would go to fit. Fit okay. would be the guy uh, and, and Gerald Briscoe. If, if I come back, Gerald wouldn't talk. All he'd have to do is look up because he would go, and if he gave you the thumbs up, then you go, thank you. You know, mm-hmm. I also helped him cheat, uh, sneak a, a 24 seven hardcore championship win in the APA office one time. So I have a soft spot for Gerald. <laughs> oh, great stuff. This is great. Jimmy. Um, again, I always want to get the plug. If you like these kind of stories of Jimmy, he's got a book full of them. I can see it framed in the back. I have it in mm-hmm. my, my bookshelf back here uh three count it's a great story uh forward by edge uh a wonderful picture of jimmy uh refereeing an undertaker wrestlemania match i mean what greater greater uh, title win 
proverbially to say for a referee than to get asked yeah. to buy the man himself to referee a WrestleMania match for him. So uh, Great, I think that's no. probably the, yeah, probably the greatest honor. Like I, I I've been blessed with so many great moments and, and, and happenings in my career. But that one there was like, Oh my goodness. I, and as I mentioned in my book, I was a little emotional after that match. That's for sure. Sure. Have you, if you don't mind me asking, have you, uh, I mean, have you got to talk to Taker and I mean, you've been gone from the company for a while now. Do you ever get to run across him or run into him or no, I haven't run into him in a while. Edge edge. I, I every once in a while, we kind of like hit each other up on, uh, on of, of course, uh, message each other, but, uh, uh, the dead man. No, it's been a while. It's been a yeah. little while. I, I was just curious. He's, yeah, I was just curious because he's, he's really come out of the, the dead man show. He's done all the media he's done in the last year yeah. now that he's you know basically retired. Uh, so I was just mm -hmm. curious if, you know, if you come across him at any point, but, yeah. uh, very good no, stuff. I, I'm an undertaker guy. He's, he, he was the judge at wrestler's court. So, you know, you had to be. <laughs> there you go. Well, I, wrestler's court is another thing. Just, you know, CM Punk uh, had comments, not, not fond of wrestler's court. Maybe we'll, I think Jimmy, it's been so much fun. We're going to do this again on Monday. Maybe maybe we'll do Wrestle's Court on Monday. We'll talk Wrestle's Court. Sure, and uh, it, it's fun if you're in the uh, if you're a spectator. Let's put it that way. Were you as ever as were, the, were you ever on trial? No, thank okay. goodness, my good. But uh, yeah, I was in the gallery uh, a few times. So. <laughs> well, uh, maybe think about maybe one story you're allowed to tell. Maybe we'll maybe we'll. Oh touch on oh, that monday oh i got it i'll wait okay very good there's your t there's a tease monday after raw myself jimmy and jack farmer that's right jimmy and i here uh and jack in the middle it's gonna be a, a fun time um again uh jimmy's at the book jimmy plug whatever else you got going i know you got your reference rants on, on social yeah. media every day yeah i got the book going uh i got my reference rants uh with t-shirts available on pro and uh you know, if you want to, if you want a private ref and rant on video, you can hit me up on cameo as well. So, but my ref and rants are daily Monday through Friday on at Jimmy Corderas on Twitter at real Jimmy Corderas on Instagram. And, and they are meant to be a little critique, but having some fun in the critique as well. It's not, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. I'm not trying to, um, uh, rewrite the alphabet or anything like that it's just you're not, you're not trying to get yourself over you're just no, uh, just having i'm trying to have fun because this is something i love and i continue to enjoy uh the, the wrestling business has been my passion since i was very young and, and it continues to be and i just like to have fun with it good stuff well jimmy thank you for being on here the, uh, the, again the chat there's been tons tons of positive comments people loving the insight loving uh uh, the stories awesome. you have so uh, not, again again can't be matched I mean, you can't you can't duplicate a career that you've had so i yeah. i think it's awesome having you on uh so he's at jimmy corderas again he'll be back with us monday night after raw uh, i'm at justin labar uh, i'll be on busted open friday morning at 10 a.m with uh david greca and mark henry talking all things that are going on in the pro wrestling world and then i'll be back again monday night uh monday night raw here on youtube and twitch for wrestling inc with you got it. Jack. No, you just. Uh, I, yes, you, I love I love hearing you on on Fridays Fridays on on Busted Open and just uh, uh, give Mark and Dave my best, if you will. Just, uh, just will do. Them, yeah. give them, yes. Give, give them a ref and hello. It's a great way to. <laughs> it's a great way to start Friday. Spar with Lavar. It's always fun. There you go. It's funny. I always joke with Dave. The, the best segments that we do, I think, with Spar with Lavar, are the ones where, like, for whatever reason, there was no conversation prior there wasn't much <laughs> script or bullet points and, we, and i always joke we, we called it in the ring and then it ends up being the best yeah. segments so. uh, it is always the best segments and it's funny because a lot of times uh in actual wrestling in the match a lot of times just calling it out there seems to work better instead of having it you know yeah it's fun yeah 
Fun stuff. Uh, tons of wrestling to go around. Of course, Wrestling Inc. Continue to watch Wrestling Inc. There are news headlines. Uh, I'm sure more from the Shane McMahon story is going to be mm-hmm. playing out and many other things on Wrestling Inc. Uh, so check that out. Uh, like, subscribe, comment, do what you got to do. Tell a friend. If you enjoy this, tell a friend. They might enjoy it again. Uh, if you are watching this podcast live or if you're listening after the fact, I love it when you tweet me. Please tweet at me. Please tweet at Jimmy. I always love reading tweets the next morning of, hey, I'm, I'm on a long commute to work and I'm yeah. listening to you here or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. However you uh, absorb this podcast and, and it's, it helps your day or your week. I love hearing it. It's just uh, good stuff. And I'll try to give a shout out in the future to all those that do that. So thank you very much. He's Jimmy. I'm Justin. Be safe. Good night. Talk to you next week. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.